And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. Casey Justclair here. Flying the ship solo today. Uh, Brian Colley still has another couple of days left on his uh, camping adventure with the fam. Um, we welcome him back a little bit later in the week. Um, man, we've got so much going on, bro. Like it, it, for, for, a, for a Tuesday at 11 a.m., there's so much stuff that we're juggling here. Um, a rundown of the show real quick. Today we're going to have... Oh, who are we going to have? We're going to have... Um, man, I just completely drew a blank. Dennis Skeens. <laughs> Sorry about that. I told you that it's been a long and busy morning. We got Dennis Skeens from Cecilia. They're still in the Division Two non-select playoffs. He'll be joining us at noon. Then we got Brandon Brown of Terrebonne Boys Basketball joining us at 12.15. And I said busy morning. Well, what do I mean by that? We've got the LSU women's basketball team who's playing right now in the PMAC. They lead 26-22 against Kent State. And we've got the Nichols women's basketball team that's playing out in Dallas against SMU. Don't look now, but the Colonels, man, are hungry for another upset. They're trailing just 17-15 to with five minutes to go in the second quarter. So Justin Payne and his Colonels facing another major conference team and hanging tough on the road. We'll be following both of those games throughout the course of the show. Last night, we opened up our high school basketball season. I'll tell you a little bit about that later in the show. But first, what I want to do today, a listener, well, actually several listeners, which is the reason why we're, we're doing it like this. Several listeners have said, hey, you know, you told us the local playoff teams that are still in it. Um, but we're following, you know, we want to know the whole bracket. We want to know who else, who all else is playing around the state. So I'll make a little compromise with you. Here's what I'm going to do. There's eight brackets around the state. I'm going to give you four of them today. I mean, give up, you give you four of them tomorrow. So today we're going to give you division one and division two select and non-select. We'll tell you everybody who's left standing, who's playing who on Friday on those two or those four brackets rather and then tomorrow we will dive in and get the other four brackets so let's start with division one non-select on friday we had westgate defeat terrebonne 27 to 10 so that means that westgate will be taking on number one rustin so we got number one rustin against number 16 westgate rustin had a bye number nine walker defeated number 24 benton 55 to 26 they will now take on number 25, North Shore, who went on the road and got a 9-7 to victory over West Monroe. A huge upset. So now we've got Walker and North Shore in the second round. Number 5, Santamont, got a 31-3 to win over Wachita Parish. They'll now take on number 21, Mandeville, who defeated number 12, Sam Houston, 50-36. to So we've got Santamont and Mandeville taking on one another in the second round. Southside uh, defeats Thibodeau 42 to 9 in the 13 versus 20 matchup. Southside will now take on number four, Airline, who had an opening round bye. Number three, Destrehan had an opening round bye. They'll take on number 14, Bellchase, who defeated Parkway 43 to 16. So we got Destrehan versus Bellchase in the second round. Number 11, Salmon defeats number 22, West Wachita 20 to 17. Salmon will now get the brakes beat off of them by Zachary, the number six seed, Zachary, who defeated Barb 51 to 14. I'm kidding, Salmon fans, if there are any out there, but you do have a big uphill challenge because I think Zachary is much better than the number six seed. I would consider them one of the favorites in the bracket. So we've got number six, Zachary, against number 11, Salmon. Number seven, Dutchtown defeated number 26, South Lafouche, 42 to nothing, in a game that you were able to hear right here on KLEB. 
Uh, Dutch Town will now take on Chalmette, who defeated Ponchatoula 35-28 in a 10-versus-23 matchup. So we got Dutch Town and Chalmette. And then at the bottom of the bracket, Central of Baton Rouge defeats East St. John in an 18-versus-15, 18, 18 going over 15, 43-15. Central of Baton Rouge defeats East St. John. They'll now take on Neville, the two-seed who got an opening round bye. So that is the Division I non-select matchups, and those are the teams that are still in play. Division Two non-select. We have number one, North DeSoto, who had an opening round bye. They will take on number 17, DeRitter, who defeated number 16, Lakeshore, 28-21. to So North Shore versus DeRitter in the second round. We have number nine, Plaquemine, who defeated number 24, Albany, 45 to nothing. Plaquemine will now take on Iowa, who defeated Grant, 49 to nothing in the opening round. So that's number eight, Iowa versus number nine, Plaquemine. Got number five, West Feliciana, who defeated uh, Minden, uh, 42 to eight. That was a five versus 28 matchup. Uh, they're going to now take on number 12, Opelousas, who defeated Rain 57-6. to So a big win for Opelousas there. They'll take on West Feliciana in the second round. Number 13, Abbeville gets a 34-20 to win over number 20, Pearl River. Abbeville will now take on number 4, Lutcher, who had an opening round bye. Number 3, Assumption, had an opening round bye. They'll now take on Brobridge, the number, the, the number 19 seed, easy for me to say. Uh, the number 19 seed defeated Eunice, the 14 seed, 35-19 to 19 in the opening round. So Assumption and Brobridge out in Napoleonville on Friday. Number 22, Northwest, got a 42-20 to 20 win over number 11, Franklin Parish. Northwest will move on and take on Wasman, who defeated Bruley 26-7 in a 6-versus-27 matchup. The big upset in this bracket was number 26, St. Martinville, getting a 46-40 to 40 win over number 7, Leesville. So the number 26 seed moves on. They'll now take on number 10, Jennings, who defeated Kaplan, the 23 seed, 34-6. to 6. So we've got number 26, St. Martinville, taking on number 10, Jennings. The bottom of the bracket, Iota, the number 15 seed, gets a 35-6 to 6 win over Church Point, and they will take on our buddy Dennis Gaines and his Cecilia team, the number 2 seed, who had an opening round bye. Um, Division one select. Now, remember, we'll give you four brackets. Division one and two select and non-select. Division one select. Holy Cross had an opening round by. They're the number one overall seed. They'll take on Jesuit, who defeated Bird 23 to 2 in a 16 versus 17 matchup. Holy Cross played Jesuit in the season and beat him 30 to nothing. They'll try to repeat that trick on Friday night. Karen Crow, the number nine seed, defeats Pineville 57 to 7 in a 9 versus 24 matchup. Karen Crow will now take on number eight, Acadiana, who had an opening round bye. Those teams played during the season. Acadiana won 27 to 26. So expect a thriller there on Friday at Acadiana. Carr, the five seed, gets an opening round bye. <clears throat> Excuse me. They'll now take on number 21, Woodlawn of Baton Rouge, who got an upset win over 12, Huntington. 16 to 6. So Woodlawn will take on Ed in the car on Friday. Number 13, Alexandria defeats number 20, Bonneville, 58 to 9. Alexandria will now travel to take on number four, Brother Martin, who had an opening round by. Catholic High of Baton Rouge is the three seed. They had an opening round by. They'll now take on number 14, John Errett, who defeated Riverdale 41 to 7. So Catholic versus Errett in the second round. St. Augustine was the number 22 seed, but I told y'all all all week last week, St. Augustine's a better football team than McKinley. This was just power rating math error, right? St. Aug played in a brutal district, lost a bunch of games to the top teams in the state close. They should have always been favored to beat McKinley. 
and they do. 22 seed beats the 11 seed, 43-6. to St. Aug will now take on John Curtis in the second round. They played during the season, and it was a close game. St. Paul's, the number seven seed, had a bye in the Division I select bracket. They'll now take on Tioga, the 10 seed, who defeated Higgins 48-14. to At the bottom, you got number 18, Rummel, who defeated number 15, Northwood of Shreveport, 34-14. Rummel will now take on number two, Captain Shreve. One last bracket to go, then we'll catch a break and talk about some basketball stuff in the area. Division two select, St. Thomas Moore is the number one overall seed. They got an opening round bye. They'll take on a Struma, the 17 seed, who defeated Northside 38-16 to on Friday. So 17 goes over 16 there. Now they move on to take on number one. The number nine seed, a Livingston Collegiate, survives a scare. They beat number 24, Booker T. Washington of Shreveport, 11-8. to They'll now take on number eight, St. Michael the Archangel in the second round. The five-seed Shaw had an opening round bye. Now they'll take on number 12, Evangel, who defeats Bel Air 49 to nothing. Evangel's very good. They're better than that seed. Don't be surprised if they give Shaw everything that they can handle on Friday. Vanderbilt, the 13th seed, gets a 28-6 win over Frederick Douglass. They'll now take on number four, John F. Kennedy, in the second round. Number three, Lafayette Christian had an opening round bye. They'll take on number 14, Peabody, in the second round. Peabody defeats Booker T. Washington of New Orleans, 42-6. 14 seed going over a 19 seed. Number 11 seed, McDonough 35, gets a 28-0 win over number 22, Lard Beaconsville Landry. So McDonough 35 will take on St. Louis Catholic, who had an opening round bye. Number seven, Turlings Catholic, in that bracket, had an opening round bye. They'll now take on number 10, Madison Prep. Madison Prep got a 54-0 win over... Number 23, Woodlawn of Shreveport. So a 7 versus 10 matchup there. And then at the bottom of the bracket, we've got a local team of interest. De La Salle is the 15th seed. They defeat Buckeye, the uh, 18th seed, 42 to nothing. De La Salle will now travel to Thibodeau to take on E.D. White, the number two seed in the bracket, who um, had an opening round bye. So that's Division One select, Division Two select, Division One non-select, Division Two non-select. Those are four of the eight brackets. I'll give you the other four in tomorrow's show a quick look at the scoreboard the lsu women's basketball team is struggling man like there's no if and like you're facing kent state bro and you're winning 35 to 32 with a minute left in the second quarter something ain't right um they're not gelling they're not playing with the same oomph and the same spunk that they have played with in in recent years uh you shouldn't be grinding through games with kent state uh, but we'll see if the tigers maybe turn on the jets in the second half a little bit out in Dallas, how about this? The Colonels lead 26-23 to at halftime over SMU. Justin Payne, baby. Justin Payne got that team cooking with grease. We're hopeful that the Colonels could get a victory on the road against SMU and stay hot and improve to 4-0 on the season. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll talk to you about some high school basketball that was played in our area. Uh, it's play-by-play. We'll be right back in a second. And then at 12 o'clock, we got some calling guests. We got Dennis Gaines at noon, Brandon Brown at 12.15. So fun, oh, 30, 45 minute stretch here coming up on the show. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. 
Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top of the line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Welcome back to Play by Play here. Casey just there here. Hope you guys are enjoying your Tuesday. At halftime, LSU leads Kent State 39 to 37 over at the PMAC. There's no way to sugarcoat this. You shouldn't be giving up 37 points in a half. And, and we could talk about chemistry. We could talk about all the girls having played together, and we can make every excuse that we want to make. Um, it's a team that's that's distracted. It's a team that spent more time in Cancun, more time on magazine covers, more time doing swimsuit uh, issue photo shoots than they were in the gym. And it's going to take a little bit of time to knock that rust off, but it's inexcusable that that rust is there to begin with. Um 37 points and a half to Kent State is not going to win you any SEC games. It's not going to win you any NCAA tournament games, and it's got to get better. Tigers lead by two at the PMAC. Hopefully they could play a better second half. Nichols leads 26 to 23 at the half over in Dallas. I promised you some basketball talk this segment. We had a light day locally. Uh, it was opening day, but there were not a whole lot of um, games of local interest. On the boys' basketball side, there was just one. HL Bourgeois got a 70 to 43 victory over Ellender. Um, uh, Bourgeois, well, I'll tell you about that game in just a second. But looking at some of the other scores, Slidell gets an 85 to 57 win over Salmon in a game that, quite frankly, I'm surprised that Salmon's playing this early in the season, knowing that they don't have their football guys. Bell Chase gets a 54 to 42 win over Ben Franklin. Um, Let's see if there's anything else interesting. Wasman's usually in the top 28. They fall to Huntington 49 to 44. You can't read a whole lot into some of these, right? Rayville falls to Southwood 58 to 22. Rayville's usually a power. 
South Plaquemine defeats uh, Noma 67-33. to You can't read a whole lot into a lot of these results because you don't know who's in football, who's not in football, who has their guys, who doesn't have their guys. Um, can't read much into it. Um, on the girls' basketball side, we really didn't have a whole lot of local activity either. Um, we had Terrebonne go on the road and take on Nish and fall 42-24 to in Coach Cassidy Barrios' debut um, with the Terrebonne Tigers. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Acadiana beats Brobridge 45 to 32. Um, Carver and Riverdale was canceled. Tioga falls to LaSalle 46 to 36. Westgate falls to LaGrange 62 to 22. And that pretty much wraps up the interesting scores. Yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. Southside gets a big win over Highland Baptist 71 to 30. Um, the game that I was at last night was HL Bourgeois and Ellender, and a couple of things stood out. First, Cornell told, uh, told us earlier in the season, and he said it at media day again, is like, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to quote Deion Sanders, you better beat me now because you're not going to beat me in the future. Ellender is young. Ellender is going to have a rough go this season given their schedule, right? Uh, because Cornell has a young crew, but he didn't really lighten up his his schedule a whole lot, right? They're going to play a who's who. They're going to play a very difficult um, and very challenging slate. And I think one of the big challenges there at Ellender is going to be keeping those kids pulling in the same direction despite all of the tough competition that they're going to face. I mean, you're going to the Thibodeau Tournament, the Bourgeois Tournament, Southside, St. Thomas Moore, the Wachita Parish Tournament. You're going to be facing a gauntlet of very difficult competition. So can Ellender do what Bourgeois did, right? Bourgeois took it on the chin for the first two and a half, three months of the season. And then in February, in the backstretch, when we got towards district, they started to play well and scored some upsets down the stretch. They just kept slowly and progressively getting better and better and better. And it leads to what we see now, which is that they're one of the best teams in the area. Can Ellender repeat that? Can they take some lumps early, survive it, keep the locker room together, and overcome it and play their best basketball in February? That's going to be the big challenge for Coach Cornell Scott and his team. And on the flip side, looking at it from the HL Bourgeois perspective, they're so damn explosive, man. Um, They scored 70 last night and and got a 27-point win. And I'm leaving the gym and, you know, I'm walking out and I, I go say hello, uh, hello to Coach Kayouette and then and, and, and his son Drew. And they're like shaking their heads they're like, man, we didn't we didn't play good today. Like we didn't give our best today. Um, so when you could score 70 and get a 27 point win on the road against a historically very successful program in Ellender and leave the gym not satisfied with the way that you played it obviously means that you have a very, very um, prosperous team, a team that's expecting to do some really big things. My caution for HL Bourgeois would be this, is that last night, look, Andrew came on yesterday and he told us, he said, we want to score quick. We want to get up and down the floor. We want to play with pace. We want to play with tempo, all that good stuff. We want to do all those things. He said the stat of, hey, we're trying to score within six seconds whenever we get the opportunity to. My issue with HL Bourgeois would be 
I know that when y'all are playing up and down, up and down, up and down, you guys are going to be tough to beat because that's what you do and you're so skilled at that. Can Bourgeois succeed if there's a team talented enough to keep the ball away from them and make them play a game with less possessions? Make them play a game in the 40s and the 50s? Because a Hanville, a Destrahan, an East St. John, um, and then some of the other teams on their schedule, because they too play a, a brutal, treacherous schedule. Some of those teams are going to be able to keep the ball away, and some of those teams are going to be able to make you play their way. So can Bourgeois succeed when they're being forced to play a style that's not comfortable to them? And that, I think, will be the big challenge that they're going to have to overcome because in the first half yesterday, Ellender was making them play a little slower, and it was a struggle. They only led by three at halftime. They pulled away in the in it with a big third quarter flurry, but Ellender played with them for a half. So that'll be the big challenge. Bourgeois is really good, right? You know, that, that that's not meant to be a criticism, right? I... I I'm counting on them to win 18, 19, 20, probably more than 20 games. But the thing that'll separate them from being the 15th seed in the playoffs versus maybe being the 7 or 8th seed in the playoffs will be that. Can they win those close, hard-fought, tough-nosed, defensive-minded games? I know you could get up and down and score 80. Can you get a stop when it's 48 to 47 with a minute left to get the ball back to your offense to go win the game? Can you, you know, get that critical defensive rebound off of a miss late and run a half court set play to go get you a bucket with 20 seconds left? Can you close out quarters well situationally? Can you do a lot of the little things? That's what separate. I know they're a good team. If they do those little things, they've got the opportunity to potentially be a great team. Tonight, we've got Terrebonne hosting South Terrebonne in a boys' basketball matchup. And we got the same two teams, HL Bourgeois and Ellender, on the girls' side of things who are going to be facing off with one another on the reservation. Uh, great opportunity to watch um, both of those uh, four squads potentially going uh, into battle with one another. Quick correction. Yesterday, I said that the South Lafouche girls were playing on Thursday against HL Bourgeois. And then after that, we're going to have a prolonged break. Um, I want to give a shout out. Coach Darian Jenkins went back and listened to the episode, and she said that the Lady Tarpons are actually playing in a tournament out at Edna Carr on the from the 20th to the 22nd out in New Orleans. So the LHSA website didn't have that listed, but it is on their schedule. So the Lady Tarpons are not going to have that big 13 day, um, you know, off stretch like we talked about yesterday. They're going to play in a tournament next week at Edna Carr. It just wasn't loaded onto the LHSA website just yet. So they are going to get some more action very quickly. Um, and I'm not going to dive too deeply into this because, um, this, this is Brian's cup of tea, right? This is the, he's the one that's informed about this stuff far more than I am. The LHSA released their new, um, District proposals, their second district proposals. I'm bringing this up, but it's really a nothing burger. Nothing changed locally. Our 5A district is still going to be the same if this proposal holds. Our 4A district will still be the same. Like we told you, it would be last week with Lutcher staying in the district and you're adding E.D. White on top of it. Um, so it looks like barring something changing, that could potentially be what we're heading towards going forward. But and I say this with a caveat, but there are rumors and whispers that there's going to be some legislation brought up that is going to say you're going to be district via your classification 
in division and not based on your classification in terms of number. And what I mean by that is if that were to pass, which this is going to be brought up in the coming days and weeks, if that were to pass and you're a Division One school, then you're going to play in a district with all Division One teams. So what does that mean? If that passes, South Lafouche could potentially be in a district with Central Lafouche, Thibodeau, Terrebonne, HL Bourgeois, Hanville, Destran, East St. John. However it would look, if that passes, they're going to be in a district with only Division One teams, and they would be moved out of the local 4A district. Don't know how I feel about that. Those are the teams you'd have to play in the playoffs anyway. Um, but you guys know how I feel about this whole setup anyway. I think it's absolutely uh, piss poor that the Tarpons are being asked to play in a postseason bracket with teams that have double and almost triple their enrollments. But you guys have heard that rant before, uh, so I'm going to spare you those gory details. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we've got Dennis Gaines. His team had an opening round bye. We'll ask him how they treated the bye, all heading towards a big second-round playoff matchup in the Division II non-select state playoffs. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break on KLEB. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Justclair here. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have Cecilia head football coach, Coach Dennis Gaines. His team had an opening round bye, and now we'll move to the second round for a second round matchup against IOTA. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, man. How's everybody in Cajun country? We're doing Down good, bro. We're doing good. Uh, Joe, got a couple of Bayou teams still involved. You guys are in the bracket with some of them uh, in that Division II non select ma- uh, bracket. 
How did you guys handle the buy, bro? Last time we had you on, we asked you, hey, do you want it? Do you not want it? And you were kind of on the fence. You know, hey, we'll see how it goes. You guys have now had that bye week. Do you think it was a successful week for you and your team? Man, I really did. I, You know, I guess we'll see. We'll see on Friday uh, if it affected us negatively or positively. But, man, I really liked it. Uh, we we kept it. We made sure it was uh, as much the routine as possible. Had two really good practices on Monday and Tuesday. I told them if, if they did that, that they would have Wednesday off. We gave them Wednesday off, and um, we had a walkthrough on Thursday. And then when Friday, we basically kept – we kept it as the same exact routine so friday right after school we went and did pregame meal they got taped at a certain time we went through all our meetings like we normally would on a game day and then we got under the lights and went through a uh our thursday script we just did it on friday in pads and uh man i thought it went really really well and we had an opportunity to clean up some things that you normally don't have time to do during the season um you know refreshers on some stuff that maybe we hadn't done in a while so Man, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the kids were really focused, and I think they're just as focused now. So hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, it was a good thing. So tell me about this. What did your Friday look like? Did you guys go out and watch IOTA and Church Point? Did you guys hang back? What did, what did the Friday evening look like for you and your staff? Well, Friday evening, we were we were practicing. There you go. We didn't get on the field, yeah, we didn't get on the field until uh, I think we got out there at like 6.30. Um, so we wanted to be – very very close to uh, game day we really just focused on us more than anything else and um you know had our coach we had a coaches a few coaches talk during the process so friday was really just practicing we filmed it we we uh looked at the film afterwards and we let them go uh, we tried to stream the game in the locker room but we couldn't get the uh, we couldn't get the little link to work so uh after that we just let the kids go and when we found out i owe one we just texted everybody Bro, uh, facing a team that comes in scoring a ton of points, their final four regular season games, 59, 57, 66, 48, and then they follow that up with 35 in the opening round against Church Point. How do you try to slow them down, bro? looks like they got a very explosive offense. Uh, it's not going to be easy, man. they got a lot of weapons. Uh, really, really fast. Uh, a couple of them really, really fast. Really fast tailback. He's not huge, but he can move. Um, they throw it to a number of receivers. This will be the first uh, like pocket passing you know, very accurate quarterback that we faced all season. So, um, you know, they do a good job of, of uh, spreading the ball around. They throw it to the open receiver. Uh, so we got our we got our uh, we got our hands full. That's for sure. They're gonna uh, they're gonna challenge us to do some things that that we uh, haven't had to do all season. So, uh, for me, you know, being a defensive guy, that always makes me a little nervous. But kids are responding well. Yesterday had a great day of practice. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll transfer psychologically, how do you make sure that the boys understand that, you know, hey, look, while this is a playoff game and we, we do want you guys to be excited about that and we do want you guys to embrace that moment, how do you make sure that it's not too big and then they're, they're too jacked up and playing a little tight or whatever? Like, how do you handle the emotion of that all? And I think every team's a little bit different. Um, and, you know, I think you learn over the years and the mistakes you make um, where you, you know, uh, you just try to learn from those mistakes and you get a better feel for the, your, your guys and what they need. This group needs more focus, uh, less rah-rah, less getting pumped up. They they always are ready to go on Friday nights. We haven't had a game where we've come out flat, uh, you know, knock on, knock on wood. But uh, they, they, I think this group, it's more they need more 
just a remind that we've got to stay focused. We've got to, we've got to look at the little things and the little details. And, uh, so that's what we've really been kind of pounding home with this group, but I, I don't think any of them are, um, it's just not their personality. You know, each team has like its own personality. It's a really interesting thing. Should do a case study on that, but, uh, <laughs> just because it's, it's weird how it just develops its own personality, but this group's more, I mean, they're ready to go on Friday and they're jacked up, but they're, they're not, uh, they're not ready uh, before that, you know, where they understand that, uh, we got to practice hard and, and, uh, like I said, that's, that's kind of what they've been doing. So we've just been more hammering home that, you know, last week you can't, it's not a week off and this week is, Hey, we've got to, you know, we've got to stay zoned in, uh, and focused just like we've been doing all season. So, but they respond every time I, I challenge them, they respond. Man, um, you guys also have a very explosive offense and got some very skilled playmakers, and we've talked with you about some of those kids in some of the previous interviews, but I want to give you an opportunity to shout out your offensive line, bro. You know this. It, you guys aren't scoring 55 and you know 48 and 49. You can have all the athletes in the world that you want. If you're not blocking, you're, not, you're going to be in a bind. So tell us about your offensive line, bro. I'm sure you guys are good up front. Yeah, we really are, man. Um, you know, just probably the most improved unit uh, – on the entire team. I mean, last year we thought they were a liability this year. Um, they've become a, a major strength for us. Um, they, they've just, you know, they've kind of embraced the mentality that we, that we've kind of, you know, when, when you look at things after the season's over and you realize, okay, we, we got to get a lot better here. Sometimes you focus on it so much and you, uh, cause you're so worried about it and they end up kind of embracing everything that you're trying to, uh, to sell them and, and they've done that they're a nasty group that blocks very very hard um you know they they work as a unit they've become their own little group they have their own little celebrations and you know kind of become a a, a core group and, and a group that that plays for each other so um you know i'm really proud of miles malone is our offensive line coach uh he does a really really good job a, a guy that works or that uh i coached when i was at turling's uh, is now our offensive line coach, and he's he's uh, really really good. He's going to be a, one of the better ones in the business before long, for sure, man. Look, um, when at what point in the season? And and look, this is going to be an awkward question because I know you don't want to look too far ahead and you don't want to take anything for granted. But you guys are the number two seed. You're nine and one. You played really good football. Your only loss was to a team that is still in the playoffs in Division One and is playing great. Did you guys know? Like in the preseason, like, okay, we've got a chance to be really good in the middle of the season. Like at what point does a coach know, all right, I really like the way we're, that this thing's headed right now? Man, it's a, it is a weird question for me just because you know me, man. I like, I, <laughs> I always feel like we got a chance. There I you always go. Do, you know, and it's, uh, you know, sometimes you look back and I'll look back sometimes and be like, how did I think that we were <laughs> – <laughs> you know, but, uh, but when I'm in it, I'm always a believer, you know, so I guess it's not a really a good answer. We, we knew, uh, going in that we had a chance to be special just because of the guys that we had returning. But we also knew that, you know, sometimes you look at a schedule and we schedule difficult, uh, we try to schedule some difficult games just to make sure the PowerPoints are where they need to be. Uh, so sometimes you look at a schedule and you say, man, we could be 10 and 0 or we could be 5 and 5 you know and that's kind of way we looked at it cuz we knew we had the potential to be good but we also know that potential means you hadn't done it yet so we knew we had to get a lot better and and um you know I always kind of believe we're going to find a way to do it 
uh, you know, I was that way. I've been that way my entire, uh, you know, my entire career when I was with y'all and, and now here at Cecilia. So we just try to, uh, I guess keep that mentality, but just to answer your question, I know it's a long, long answer for a quick question, but, uh, I, I guess, uh, we kind of always knew it was the opportunity was there. I guess I, I really knew we were good after we lost because, uh, when we lost to, um, Southside week two, I knew this is two good football teams that just walked off the field. Now we couldn't stop each other, which was an issue obviously <laughs> for me, but, uh, but I knew that man, we went toe to toe with this five, a school that we knew was really good. Um, and I knew that if we could tighten up on defense and get some things done there, that, that we, we had a chance to be pretty good. Man, uh, look, talk about that. You, you guys have played a lot of teams that are still playing. St. Martinville, Southside, Notre Dame, you know, Opelousas. You've played, like you said a second ago, a very uh, very rough schedule. Uh, that's got to be something that comforts you a little bit, is that, hey, you're getting into this playoff bracket, and you know it's going to be hard for a team to throw something at you, skill-wise or talent-wise, that you haven't already seen. You guys are battle-tested, man. That's got to make you feel pretty good going in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we scheduled out just because we know it makes us better. You know, I'm big on not trying to fool ourselves uh, into anything. We're not big on, you know, everything is to prepare us for the playoffs. You, you know me, we're not big on district championships. And, uh, you, you know, we want to beat our rival, but it's not the only game that matters. Uh, and, and it's kind of like we're just constantly trying to, to improve and get better. And the only way to do that is to play quality football teams, you know, uh, so I've been I've been on teams, you know I've been on teams as an assistant and as a head coach where, you know we really hadn't played great competition and before you know it you look up and and you feel really good about yourself but maybe you weren't getting as as good as you needed to get you know so uh, I I think those teams that are really good always show you your warts show you where you're weak uh, and it forces you to improve on that. Because you know, like probably the next week you got another team coming in that's just as good, so you better you better fix it, you know. Uh, so playing those teams makes us better, and hopefully we're we're helping them get better also. Sitting at number two, you guys are in a spot to where to to be denied access to the dome for the championship game. Somebody's going to have to beat you on your home field. That's got to be something that is is good to know is that, hey, man, there's not going to be any bus trips until you guys could potentially make the big bus trip later in the year. Oh, yeah. Our booster club is happy to hear that. We <laughs> <laughs> were on buses last year. No, uh, no it's, that's a great thing, man. We have a great home home field advantage. Not not dissimilar from y'all. Uh, and just it's a difficult place to play. And uh our our fans a lot like y'all are very very they're going to be there whether you're good whether you're bad uh and when you're good they're there um you know it it almost they're they're there in force so um yeah it's 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 something i didn't even realize i thought it it wasn't until the semis i thought we'd have to travel in the quarters but uh, apparently the rules passed where um we'll actually be home the entire way so um, yeah, that's a that's a good thing if we if we can get there. But it's like I told the kids, that's that's only important if you keep winning. So um, we'll try to win this one, and and then we'll uh, hopefully, if if God willing, we're able to do that, then we'll uh, be excited about being home again. No doubt, bro. Thanks so much for the time. You know we're pulling for you guys, man. Good luck on Friday. Absolutely, man. I always appreciate being on. Good to hear from you. Yep, yep. That is Coach Dennis Gaines doing a great job as always. 
Um, rooting for them, man. I, it, it's tough, right? Because they're in a bracket with Assumption and Lutcher, and you're also rooting for them. Uh, but it would be a little extra special, a little icing on the cake if I could uh, get to see my boy Dennis coaching in the Dome, man. Because he, he deserves it. There's nobody who works harder. Um, he did a great job at South Lafouche and then made the very difficult decision, but I think it was the right decision for him to go back closer to home. And he's got that thing rolling at Cecilia, and we wish him nothing but the best of luck in the next round. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Brandon Brown. His boys basketball team at Terrebonne opens their season tonight against South Terrebonne. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That State Bank and Trust Company still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference. At Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event, whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or outdoor music venue. Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810, three and two stall restrooms, air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere. Call 24 7. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. I'm like the water when you sip rolled in that night. Rough on the surface, but you can Welcome back to Play by Play here, Casey Justglare. We want to thank Coach Dennis Skeens and Cecilia for his time in the last segment of the show. Now we go to the phone lines for the second time today. And we have our buddy, Coach Brandon Brown, over at Terrebonne High School. His boys basketball team opens up their season tonight against South Terrebonne. Coach Brown, good afternoon. How are we doing, brother? Hey, Casey. Guys, how y'all doing today? Good. Uh, doing well. Exciting day on campus, bro. Opening day. The kids are going to be taking the floor in a game that matters and, you know, facing a parish rival. I'm sure there's just a little bit of uh, extra electricity in the air out there on campus today. Oh, yeah, we know that it, it counts now. So all the hard work we put in now, we're about to uh, uh, display to the public what we're really about uh, with the guys that we have ready to go. So I'm excited, and uh, I can't wait to see how everything goes. Look, man, I saw you in the Jamboree, and you guys were facing a very quality Vanderbilt team, but I thought you showed some flashes, too. You guys have some explosiveness and have some playmakers and probably have added a couple of more since then with the football season ending. 
Uh, I really like your team, man. I thought, despite the result in the Jamboree, I thought at times you guys had some stretches where you played pretty well. Uh, no doubt. I know, no doubt. I, th- I know that we are capable of playing with teams like Vanderbilt, and uh, I challenged the guys, and we looked at it on film, and uh, I, I don't think uh, it's a secret that those guys were uh, deer in headlights, a little bit uh, shocked with the crowd, and they've and they, never seen them play like that. So uh, uh, they was nervous, and they, they, they want to bounce back and, and show – uh, against South Turbo, what they really can do, you know, make those flashes seem more consistent, you know. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this. Um, last season, South Terrebonne w- w- was not all that good, right? They didn't win a whole lot of games. and But I watched them in the Jamboree, and they got a big 6'5", who's flying into the lane and dunking. And, like, how do you let the boys know, hey, this is not the team that everybody was beating up on last year. They're 0-0 zero and zero just like us. How do you make sure that you're mentally ready to go? No, actually, it's pretty cool because South Turbone, when we played them last year, they played us pretty tough. There you go. You know, so I guess they punched us really hard and they and they took it easy on everybody else. But we we found <laughs> we 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 found their best shot, you know, and uh, we was able to weather the storm in the second half. You know, Bethan Court brought us home, but uh, you know, they are a really scrappy team, and they play with so much athleticism and quickness that that we're gonna have to match. And I'm so happy that uh. A little bittersweet that we got our football players back that we can match their their athleticism and quickness. Uh, so it's going to be a slightly chaotic game, being that the football players don't have the uh, execution, but they do have the toughness and grit that I think that we can match up well with the South Turbo team. I ask coaches this all the time: about how long does it usually take? I may have asked you this already, and if so, I apologize. About how long does it take for? the average football guy to get back into basketball shape and to understand that, Hey, you know, if you can't just be pushing people down in this sport and, you know, tone back down that aggression. And how long does it take before that rust is all the way gone? I, I, when you asked me that, I said two weeks and uh, I'm not sure. It might be a little bit short. It might be a little bit longer because I was telling the guys they're not in shape and they were telling me how, how much they practice and how many games they play in football. And within 10 minutes, they were, dog time uh, <laughs> yesterday in practice so you know i was proven to be right in that sense but uh again we got so many of them coming back so i know we got eight ready to go tonight with uh a few more coming back so uh it's gonna be exciting for those guys to get a little uh taste and i'm pretty sure that uh in the upcoming practices throughout the next couple of weeks they're gonna they're gonna gear up ready to go I tell you this, man, uh, you guys are going to find out right away what you got because, you know, you mentioned South Terrebonne played you close last year. I was impressed with them. Thursday night, you guys are going out to the city and taking on Bonneville. I know they're going to be really good. They're always really good. You know, Coach uh, Micah does a great job out there. Uh, So this week is a big week for the Terrebonne Tigers. You're going to learn, for better or for worse, what you got, man. Of course, and I I didn't want to wait until the end last season to see what I got, you know, so I want to schedule those uh, big dogs right off the gate you know, uh, and just let them bring my players down to earth because I thought that we were riding a little bit too high with me. I forgot our record last year, 16-1, and one, and we were really uh, eating all that up. And I just wanted to let them know that, hey, if you want, if you think you're a really good team, hey, Bonneville is that, that litmus test, you know, that we can match ourselves up against them and that we beat them, hey, we belong up there, and that's still not enough. we got to maintain consistency and beat the teams we need to beat and knock off the few that uh, we might be a little bit slightly on the deck. Man, I, I went into the season saying, man, I don't know if I like this new bonus rule. Uh, I don't have an opinion yet. 
But I got to tell you, last night as I was filming HL Bourgeois and Ellender, I, I kind of have formed my opinion. Um, don't know that I like it very much. Neither team really got into the bonus. The fouls reset at the end of every quarter. I don't know, man. I, I guess every coach is going to have a different opinion, and, and until we get a little deeper into it, you know, maybe we'll see how it goes. But I'm not a big fan of that rule change, my man. I understand, and I don't have a feeling towards it uh, one way or another because – you know, as a coach, you got so many other things to think about. That's probably 25th on my list <laughs> to think about. So, you know, I'm just making sure my guys box out and uh, balance the court and uh, uh, get in their gaps on defense, talk on in transition. It, you know, again, that bonus uh, rule is so far down the line that I'll get to it when, when, it, when uh, it irks me, I guess. Look, dude, uh, I, I watched you guys play Vanderbilt, as I said a minute ago, and, and you were coaching them hard, man. That's the only way that you know how to do it. But the one thing that I liked, especially with some of the younger kids, is that when you were getting on them and, and you know, you were, you know, screaming, you know, hey, do better and, you know, trying to encourage them, they didn't seem to hang their heads, right? They didn't seem to be intimidated by being coached. And, and you know this, not every kid today is like that. That's a good trait to have is that it looks like it's some young men that when you're being a little hard on them, it looks like they understand that you're just trying to make them better. Exactly. I always tell them, you know, maybe my, 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 my sound is a little brash, but I, it's a compliment. I know what you're capable of. So don't get out of your own way. I'm trying to let you know that I see it in practice each and every day that you can do it. You know, I had a kid, you probably uh, saw, he, he shot maybe three, four air balls. And I know that you can knock four or five three-pointers down. Here's your opportunity to show it to the public. Maybe you drop the ball this time, but I, I haven't stopped believing in you. But I know when you have another chance again, guess what? Shoot it. And don't hang your hand down, head down. And next time you get another opportunity, guess what? Shoot it. Keep shooting it. Because I'm not going to uh, lose trust in you. Uh, uh, I'm not going to uh, doubt you. I'm just going to, if you hanging your head low, it's my job uh, to get on you. And that, that iron sharpens iron. And I believe that in the end, uh, we're going to be a sharp team. Yeah, very well said, brother. Look, uh, playing South Terrebonne tonight at your home place. Um, first and foremost, is there a JV game? Is it 6 and 7? Yes, sir. 6 and 7. Ticket price will be $8. I welcome everybody to come out and, and have a good time because uh, I believe that these young men are going to put on a, a nice show hard uh, uh nose it might be again it might be a little chaotic and not full of execution but i know it's gonna be some hard nose basketball wonderful and then the next thing what are some keys to victory what are some things you guys got to do to get to one and know you know what just making layups making layups I'm, again this game will be chaotic a lot they're gonna press us we're gonna press them and those who maximize the turnovers and convert on the other end will will put themselves in a, uh, a great position to, to get the win and uh, with our depth Again, with the football players coming back, I like our chances, but I know they got a, a new coach and, and they're they're hungry. It's our job to just just put a little pause button on the, on the season, you know, just starting out. Coach, I, I've been waiting to ask you this since I texted you this morning to line you up uh, yesterday, or I think it's actually two days ago. Zion Williamson gets behind a podium and he's talking about how they had a team meeting last year and he was urged to try to buy in a little more and. He basically said in not so many words, like, hey, I'm trying my best to buy in and be part of it. I, it's not really going so great for me right now. I'm doing my best, but I'm struggling through it. When your best player is not all the way in, it's rough, bro. What, what are your thoughts on this whole Zion Williamson situation? Like, I could start to see some cracks forming in the foundation, my man. That's not a good thing this early in the year. Uh, uh, mental health aside, I, I don't know what he's going through mentally, 
But if they're going to pay you a lot of money, it's your job to get all the help you need mentally to, to, to push your team. It shouldn't be your team building you up. You, they put you in position to be that leader, and he has to you know, take the reins. Again, I'm not a, a Pelicans fan per se. I'm a Timberwolves fan, but, you know, I always watch the Pelicans when I can. But, I mean, if they're going to pay you that money and they're going to uh, uh, show out for you, it, it needs to be backed up with good play. And some rebounding, too. I, I, he irks me without not rebounding. But, uh, you know, saying things like that, we love for him to be uh, be transparent. But, again, I hope he get the uh, uh, the help he needs. But, Action. I mean, the city needs uh, yeah. a, a great basketball team because it was so awesome with those playoff games. We need that back, and, and uh, I'm rooting for them. You know, unless they're playing the Timberwolves, you know. But uh, you know, I, I wish them well. But I hope Zion get it get it together. So look, man, this is an opportunity for me to learn a little bit about you. Obviously, I, I growing up was a big Orlando Magic fan because I was a big Tracy McGrady fan. Then he moves to Houston Rockets. And his career kind of fizzles out there. That's whenever I stuck with Houston, became a Harden fan. And then now I've been all over the NBA following him. And he's with the Clippers right now. It's not going so well. So I didn't know you were a Timberwolf fan. Tell us that story. How'd you become a fan? Like, it's it's kind of random for a home of Louisiana boy to be rooting for the Wolves. What's the story there? Were you a big fan of Kevin Garnett? Or, like, just tell us about yeah, that. Kevin Garnett's my favorite player, and I love his tenacity and passion. That's how I played with, uh, with myself at Turbone and going to Tulane. I just... I, I was just drawn to him, and uh, you know, unlike you, I'm not following Kevin Garnett around. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm straight Timberwolves, Anthony Peeler, Wally Zerbiak, you know, Terrell Brandon, those guys. Uh, I love those teams, and uh, I'm continue to follow them and support them. So once I'm with you, I'm always with you. You know, so uh, I, I don't deviate. Well, look, dude, with that having been said, y'all got maybe the best young player in the NBA. Edwards is a monster, bro. Going out to, to Golden State and not backing down the other night, that was super impressive. Yes, sir. I mean, uh, they, they're doing well. And I'm, but they always do well, and then we hit the slump, so I'm not going to really try to speak on it. I'm just going <laughs> to make sure I support them so they can just keep it rolling. I love uh, what Gobert is doing as well, so I just, I'm just going to support them. And hope they do well, and we can just make some noise and not fizzle out in the end. No doubt, bro. Hey, thanks so much for the time. Good luck. Good luck tonight, man. Hope you guys get a W. Oh, oh, quick question, uh, Casey. How's the Clippers doing with uh, Hart? <sighs> I've been locked in with high school basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Your nose is growing, Coach. You know the answer to that. It's going terrible. We're zero and four. With the, everything's going poorly. And look, uh, facing the Nuggets on the road tonight. So go get our butts kicked oh, again tonight. Goodness. Oh, man, that is so lovely. I, I'm sorry, but I just had to say it. <laughs> no, man, the, uh, the, the trolling is always welcome. You get the personality of the show, brother. Thanks so much. Good luck tonight. Well, you know what? I rescind that good luck tonight after that comment. <laughs> no, kidding <laughs> no, aside, have a great day, love. brother. You too. Thank you, guys. Yep, that is Coach Brandon Brown giving me a jab. And bullied over here. And Brian's not even here. That's not supposed to happen. Look, we have some scoreboard updates. LSU has opened up a 20-point lead, 76-56 to over Kent State. Unfortunately, the exact opposite has happened over in Dallas, where SMU leads Nichols 48-34. to Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk about some things. we got some things to discuss. We'll talk a little Saints. We'll talk a little uh, Monday Night Football. We'll, we got 30 minutes to kill. We'll be right back on a play-by-play. 
Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Fago Funeral Homes wants to say that the end of the year brings no greater joy than the opportunity to express season's greetings to you and yours. May your holiday be filled with joy and happiness. Fago Funeral Home, caring you can count on. You all know Powerball. You know him, you love him. Now, there's a new way to play. Introducing Powerball the Scratch-Off from the lottery. Win up to $15,000. Can you feel it? But wait, there's more. Enter the second chance drawing for cool prizes like... The Powerball Cash Promotion. This is your final chance to win exciting second chance cash prizes from the Powerball Scratch-Off. Five lucky winners will be drawn for a share of $17,000. Visit LouisianaLottery.com for more details. Play Powerball the Scratch-Off today for your chance to win. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Can you feel it? Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Back to play by play here on Kaylee B. Casey Jistler here. We'll go over a couple of different topics here in the world of sports. We thank Brandon Brown for the time. Um, I mean, after his shenanigans there at the end of the interview, we're not going to ever have him on again, but we thank him so much for the time. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, we love having Brandon on, and we hope that his team has a wonderful season. He's doing a great job at Terrebonne. Um, the Buffalo Bills lost last night to the Denver Broncos. Uh, if Brian were here, I would be making fun of the fact that the Bills are um, suffering from the Madden curse, they are 5-5. Five and five. Josh Allen was really bad last night, 15-26, 177 through the air, two interceptions. Um, he is not playing good football. But here's the thing, man. Here's the number one takeaway that I had from last night's game. It had nothing to do with Josh Allen and the interceptions. That's what everybody else wants to talk about, that slow-hanging fruit that's, that's too easy. I'm a deeper thinker than that. Last night, as I, as I was watching Monday Night Football and as I was watching the Broncos get a 24-22 win over the Buffalo Bills, I was thinking just how bad of a shape the Saints are in right now. You are tied down to a $150 million quarterback who's not playing anywhere near that level of salary. 
in Derek Carr. You have a defense that is getting old and is starting to break down. You have a head coach who has never won before and who has shown no signs of consistently winning games in the future. And as I'm watching Denver last night, I'm thinking to myself, man, at the beginning of the year, the Saints fans were having so much fun making fun of Sean Payton. The Saints started off the year strong. Denver started off the year laughing stock. In their third game, they lost 70-20. to They were 0-3. They were 1-5. Sean Payton survived that first month. And his team is getting better and better every single week. They have now won three games in a row. They beat Green Bay, Kansas City, and Buffalo in that stretch. It has taken Sean Payton one month, a little more than one month, about six weeks, to already have Denver operating at a higher level than Dennis Allen does in New Orleans. While rebuilding, he already has surpassed New Orleans. Denver is better than New Orleans in every phase. They have a better offense. Russell Wilson has 18 touchdown passes this season. Right now, they're playing better defense. They held down the Kansas City Chiefs to nine points a couple games ago. Held the Bills to 22 last night, forcing turnovers. They are better in every phase than New Orleans is. And it just goes to show how far we are removed in New Orleans from the golden days of the Peyton and Breeze era. Cowboy fans are always told, I'm one of them, Cowboy fans are always told, man, all you talk about is the past. Well, let's talk about the present. Well, let's talk about the present. Because right now, the present in New Orleans is being coached by a guy who could barely get out of his own way on Sundays, a guy who has never had a winning season, a guy who probably is never going to have a winning season. You have had two of your key pieces in the last month get arrested just for being jackasses, right? One for going 40 miles over the limit while driving on the road, one for throwing a brick through somebody's windshield. You got a quarterback that is always cutting up on the sidelines, hooting and hollering, yelling and screaming, and now he's injured. You got Michael Thomas, who just a couple days after getting arrested and shouldn't have been eligible to play on Sunday because of that, getting injured with supposedly a um, severe knee injury. Michael Thomas loves to not play. We know this. He should have never been brought back in the offseason to begin with. You got Alvin Kamara, who's not being given the ball, so he's kind of frustrated and growing antsy, and now you're looking at a situation where you, despite having everything set up for you this season, despite having one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, a 10-game stretch where I could argue you have not faced a single elite team. You have faced Tennessee, Carolina, Green Bay, Tampa, New England, Houston, Jacksonville, Indy, Chicago, and Minnesota. To me, the Jags are probably the only team that's even close to elite in that entire trash pile that you have played so far. That's as easy of a 10-game stretch as you could get in the NFL. And despite having the $100 million quarterback, despite having some experienced and talented players, you're not 7-3. and three. You're not 8-2 and two like you should be. You're 5-5. Five and five. And you're heading into your bye going at Atlanta and then facing Detroit. So you're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon there either. And as I was watching the Broncos and the Bills last night, it sunk into me that the gap between 
a Sean Payton run team and a Dennis Allen run team is an ocean. Is an ocean. Because I watched the Saints play week one against Tennessee and week two against Carolina, and I could argue that throughout the course of the season, they've gotten worse. Right? I could argue that they have gotten worse. Their offense is still the same, still stuck in mud, and now their elite defense is not playing as well. I could argue New Orleans is worse today than they were in the opener. That's because you have a numbskull as your head coach. When you don't have a numbskull as your head coach and you have a proven winner like Sean Payton, you go from 1-5 and five to 4-5 and five and you beat some of the best teams in the NFL in the process. Sean has that thing going right now in Denver. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year. I don't know if they're going to even finish off the year all that strong, right? But I could see where in the future you give him an offseason to draft his own guys, sign some of his own guys. Denver is a far better situation right now than New Orleans, and it took Sean Payton just six weeks to do that. The drop-off between he and Dennis Allen is like falling off of a flight of stairs and landing headfirst at the base of the stairs. Sean is way up there. Dennis Allen's way down there. It's night and day difference. Night and day difference. Russell Wilson was left for dead last year. Left for dead. He, this season, not left for dead. Already 18 touchdowns on the year which, by the way, is more than what he had all of last season already. He had 16 last year. He's got 18 already. He played 15 games last year, only nine so far. His quarterback rating has gone up by 20 points. His QBR has gone up by 14 points. Sean is making him better. He's scheming, and every week the Broncos continue to make progress. Now, New Orleans heads into their bye week, and... I say all this to say that I still think they're the damn favorites in the NFC South. But don't trick yourself into thinking that this is a team that can make any sort of a run. This is a team that I I reiterate this every time I'm asked about it. This is a team that's in the worst spot that you could be in the NFL. In the NFL, you either want to be elite, which right now I could argue, let's see, let's count them. Buffalo's elite when they want to be. The Dolphins are elite when they want to be. Ravens, Bengals, Browns. Jaguars, maybe. You know what? I'm being too lenient. Let, 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 me, let me tell it like it is. Right now in the AFC, I think we got Chiefs, Jaguars, maybe. Dolphins, Ravens and Bengals, maybe. Buffalo, maybe. That's six teams. In the NFC, you got 49ers, you got Cowboys, you got Eagles, you got Lions, you got nobody else. So that's if you're not in that group of eight or ten teams, I would rather be in the bottom group like New England, like, you know, Arizona, like Chicago, like Carolina, because then you have hope. Then you at least have the idea or the mindset of, hey, help, maybe help is on the way. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be a quarterback, right? Doesn't have to be Caleb Williams. It doesn't have to be Jaden Daniels. Doesn't have to be you know the May kid at North Carolina. Sometimes all a team needs is to draft a big prize receiver with the fifth pick. What a difference it's made for the Bengals not being good for so long. They were able to get Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. You know how they got those guys by stinking. If the Bengals went seven and ten every year, they would have never gotten Burrow nor Chase. 
But that's where we are with New Orleans. They stay just good enough to cheat themselves out of the best of the best in the draft, but just bad enough to where they have no chance in the world of making any sort of run, any sort of noise, nor not today, nor in the future. Because you're approaching another offseason where you're about to be well over the salary cap. And I hear, I could hear it from the other studio, right? Because I'm sure that Gus is in the other studio having some of his call-in guests talking about how everything's going to be okay. Mickey's going to figure it out. And the people that cover the team can't see the forest from the trees. So they're going to tell you the most positive outlook because deep down at their core, they're Saints fans. I am not one. I could tell you the truth. I could tell it to you like it is. I could be more objective about this than maybe some of the folks in the actual city could be. This idea that, oh, we're Mickey's going to make it right. Uh, yeah, we're over the cap. It's no big deal. He, he's going to get back under the cap. Look, last year they were over the cap. They signed Derek Carr. At what cost? Because I watch the NFL every Sunday, and just about every team that I see play has a former Saint player thriving. Trey Hendrickson, thriving. Others around the league, thriving. Because the Saints have had to cut from the edges over the last couple of years. They lose this guy here and there, and it doesn't seem like such a big deal because it's kind of just some middle-of-the-road guys. But when you lose all your middle-of-the-road guys, you don't have depth anymore. Those guys are the meat and potatoes of your team. And every Sunday, you're looking at an NFL schedule where a team has two or three former Saints who contributed. You're piecing your roster together by bubblegum and duct tape. That doesn't work. And why are you doing it that way? It's because you got so much damn dead money every year that you can't do it any other way. you got to cut three, four, five starters every offseason. There's no continuity. And oftentimes, you're replacing those guys with somebody who's not better than their predecessor. And that's why you are in the worst spot to be in the NFL. Stuck in the middle. And what's even more depressing about that as a New Orleans professional sports fan is your basketball team is the same damn thing, stuck in the middle. Was looking at some advanced stats the other day, and the Pelicans are playing Dallas today, by the way, at home. The Dallas team that just beat them 136-124, to 124, the Pelicans have lost five in a row. There are a lot of stats right now that are saying that Brandon Ingram, in terms of efficiency in terms of combining his offensive and defensive stats together, in terms of plus-minus and different advanced metrics like that, there are a lot of people that are saying Brandon Ingram is one of the worst rotation players in the entire NBA. The Pelicans this season have been decisively worse with him on the floor versus him not in the lineup. Decisively worse. Why is that? Because he doesn't guard. Shoots a lot of bad shots, shooting 21% from three. And we should have saw this coming. He was terrible at the world championships. He was terrible. He couldn't fit in. He saw, man, this isn't for me, blah, 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 blah. Then he follows that up. You would think he would have the biggest chip on his shoulder possible after not playing well at the world championships. He's come to New Orleans, and he's been every bit as bad. Zion Williamson, Brandon Brown told you in the last segment exactly how I feel. You got a big man who's only interested in doing one thing. The only thing Zion wants to do right now is get the ball on the wing or in the post, lower his shoulder, run you over, and go try to make a layup. He ain't doing a damn thing anywhere else. He's not screening. 
He's not rebounding. He averages six rebounds a game for a guy who's like your center in this lineup a lot, or at the worst is your power forward. You've got to do other things. Doesn't guard. He's never guarded. He's too top-heavy to guard. He doesn't have the foot speed to guard. He's never been a good defender in the NBA. He's probably never going to be a good defender in the NBA. But there are ways to do more than just put the ball in the hole. Get on the floor. Make some things happen. Zion is another one of those guys. Advanced stats say the Pelicans are better when he's not there. So how do you fix it? How do you make it right? You're going to have to change some stuff. In New Orleans, you're going to have to make some hard decisions. Honey Badger, Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, some of these older 30-something-year-old guys making a bunch of money might have to get rid of some of those guys. Because what good is it having them? You're not good enough to win, so you might as well start building towards your future. And that's not been the Loomis way, right? Loomis wants to push all in. Oh, man, I want that one last run. They were trying for that for 10 years when Drew Brees was there, that one last run. Well, guess what? That one last run ain't happening. Drew Brees is not coming back. Derek Carr's now your guy. And when you got a second-rate or even third-rate quarterback, you should be planning actively to try to secure your next guy. And you secure your next guy when you don't have cap space in the draft but you can't get high enough in the draft to get that next guy because you're stuck in the middle because you're too damn stubborn to understand and realize what you are. Trapped and stuck in the middle. It's the story of the Saints. It's the story of the Pelicans. And that's the reason why there's so many people around the state right now that are so pessimistic about both is because it's not it's not about having a bad year. It's not about having a rough week. It's not about having a rough two or three weeks. There's nothing to look forward to going forward. Fans just want hope, right? They just want hope. They just want hope that brighter days are ahead. And a lot of them have been buffaloed for the last three or four years and tricked into thinking that there were brighter days ahead and those bright days are not coming. So now it's time, I think, to tear both of the teams down off at the studs and make some very uncomfortable decisions and shake things up a little bit because what you're doing right now ain't working. And the definition of insanity, my friends, is doing the same thing twice and expecting different results. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk about some other things happening in the world of sports. We'll give you some updates from LSU and Nichols, who are both playing today. It's play-by-play. We'll wrap up after this on KLEB. What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community, resilient bankers serving a resilient community at State Bank. Now 70 years strong. Get some of the best deals of the year at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. It's their Black Friday sales event. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks, vans, cars, and SUVs. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or home life. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get a great deal on your dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 
as a recipient of a prize from Coastal Broadcasting of LaRose Incorporated, also known as KLEB, 1600 AM, also known as the Rage and Cajun. You are responsible for applicable taxes and our licensing fees. We are not responsible if a prize is damaged or breaks, an event is canceled, or if a business closes. When mailing prizes, our station is not responsible for prizes that are damaged or lost. One winner per household for 30 days. Winner must have a picture ID and must pick up prizes within 30 days. You may also pick up most prizes at our studio office, 11603 Highway 308, LaRose. Thank you for listening. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. You all know Powerball. You know him, you love him. Now, there's a new way to play. Introducing Powerball the Scratch-Off from the lottery. Win up to $15,000. Can you feel But wait, there's more. Enter the second chance drawing for cool prizes like the Powerball Cash Promotion. This is your final chance to win exciting second chance cash prizes from the Powerball Scratch-Off. Five lucky winners will be drawn for a share of $17,000. Visit LouisianaLottery.com for more details. Play Powerball the Scratch-Off today for your chance to win. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Can you feel it? Come on! Yeah! If you want it all back, jump to your feet right now! The LSU women's basketball team has scored a 109-79 victory over Kent State. They ballooned out in the second half. How about this? True freshman, Michaela Williams, a native of Shreveport. Um, Man, she has proven to be LSU's best player so far this season. She had 42 points today on 15 of 20 shooting. She was 5 of of 8 from the three-point line, also had seven rebounds. The Tigers got a 30-point win over Kent State. Um, Great job by Michaela Williams. Still not all that impressed. You should not be giving up 79 points to Kent State. LSU's got some defensive issues, man, and until they get some of those defensive issues fixed, it's going to be hard to see them returning to the stage that they were at last year. Out in Dallas, the Colonels fell today, unfortunately, just up one bad quarter. They lose 69-54 to to SMU. The Colonels in the first, second, and fourth quarters outplayed SMU, uh, but they lost 25-8 to in the third quarter, a rally that allowed SMU to secure the win. The Colonels were led in scoring by Ashley Malone, who I like her game a lot. She gets into the lane. She does some big things. So 69-54 to 54 SMU gets a win over Nichols. It's always fun when we got games in the morning like that, man. It gives us some stuff to talk about. Um, big news around the NFL. The Buffalo Bills have fired their offensive coordinator, um, Ken Darcy, uh, after last night's performance on Monday night where they continue to have issues turning over the ball. Why this is noteworthy is because the new offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills will be Joe Brady, the former LSU offensive assistant who left to go to the NFL to be the offensive coordinator at Carolina. Um, 
Didn't work out for Joe Brady at Carolina, but he has since been the quarterback's coach at Buffalo, and now he will be calling the plays for a Bills team that is 5-5 five and five and is just kind of stuck in the mud and is struggling a little bit. So we'll see if Joe Brady could bring some new life to that team. Um, injury news in the NFL. My Cowboys suffered a pretty big loss today. Leighton Vander Esch is out for the season with a neck injury, and uh, Jerry Jones has said that... Um, there's a possibility this could be a career ender for Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch is a veteran player, uh, but still yet just only 27 years old, but he's had some neck injuries and some neck issues in the past. So hopefully um, he's able to get back out there at some point. Um, in the NBA tonight, you got Orlando and Brooklyn, Miami and Charlotte, Atlanta and Detroit, the Pacers and the 76ers, San Antonio and Oklahoma City, Dallas and New Orleans, Portland and Utah. My Clippers are taking on Denver, Minnesota and Golden State, and then Memphis and the Lakers. Um, a lot of people have been asking me to 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 eat crow about the Clippers, right? And Brandon Brown was was talking with me about that uh, a couple of segments ago. The Clippers are 0-4 since getting James Harden into the lineup and just look discombobulated, man. And look, the one thing that I will say, because everybody wants to be so quick to blame James Harden for everything that's wrong in the world. James Harden's shooting 47% from the field and 37% from the three-point line and hasn't missed a free throw yet this season. Um, so he's actually come in and has played pretty well. The problem is that with the Clippers, and look, this goes to show, and look, if you're the parent of a, of a basketball player, like let them listen to me say this. The big problem that the Clippers have right now is not talent. It's the fact that they traded all of their role players to go and get James Harden. There's no more Nick Batum. There's no more Robert Covington. There's no more uh, of these glue guys that were willing to play hard defense, that were willing to get on the floor. That So the Clippers, while they have a, a nothing but a depth of talent in terms of stars, Russell Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they don't have a lot of those blood and guts guys. And that's just kind of a message for everybody. You don't have to be the star player scoring 30 and 40 points. You got to have some players on the floor that are willing and able to score 8 to 10 points, but do everything else well. Set screens well and rebound well and block out well and pass the ball well. And the Clippers are lacking that. And I think that's also, to be frank, one of the things that the LSU women are lacking right now. When you got a, a, a lineup of nothing but stars... Who's going to do the non-star dirty work? And that's the thing that I think the LSU women's team is struggling with. I think that's the thing that the Clippers are struggling with. And likewise, I think that's something that the Pelicans struggle with. They don't have any of those nasty, gritty guys that are willing to dive on the floor and are willing to do the little things that you need to do to win games. And I think that until that changes, all of the above, Clippers, LSU, Pels are all going to struggle. I think it's going to continue to be a struggle for them um, until we start to see a little bit of better effort there. Um Man, I got to tell you, I, I I didn't stress this as enough en enough rather. Um, Jaden Daniels should head and shoulders be the favorite for the Heisman Trophy. I didn't talk about this enough yesterday, but I, I want to read you some stats. Is that? Um, let's see. Okay, there are three top Heisman Trophy candidates right now, according to Vegas: Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and Jaden Daniels. The fact that Bo Nix is a Heisman candidate at all is laughable at best. He was he was not even an above average quarterback at Auburn. He was below average and was kind of run out of Auburn when he was playing with the big boys, right? He's already proven he can't play with the big boys. But 
He's got 3,256 total yards, 34 touchdowns, and his strength of schedule is 53rd in the country. Michael Penix Jr. has 3,533 total yards, 30 touchdowns, and his strength of schedule is 43rd. Jaden Daniels, on the other hand, has 4,082 total yards, 38 touchdowns, and his strength of schedule is 4th. So Daniels is doing more decisively more mind you while facing decisively better competition the fact that we're even talking about Bo Nix and Marvin Harrison and and some of the uh, I hear Georgia's quarterback get thrown into the like to me it's like this if Jaden Daniels were not part of LSU's team this year the Tigers would not be seven and three they would be 5-5 five and five at best, likely 4-6. and six. Because your defense would still be terrible, but you wouldn't have that explosive playmaker that's making things happen, that's allowing you to score 50 every week, that's enabling you to win 52-35 to 35 games like you did on Saturday against Florida. To me, Daniels is the head... And look, I would be, I, I would be saying this even if he were not an LSU player, by the way. How could you deny the fact that the guy who has the most yards but has also played the hardest schedule shouldn't be the dude? Yeah, oh, they got three losses. Oh, they got three losses. The Florida State who's undefeated and is probably going to the playoff. To Alabama who's got a chance to go to the playoff. And Ole Miss who was in the top 10 until they lost on Saturday. And all of the games were were fairly competitive, right? The Florida State game kind of got away. The Alabama game was fairly competitive. The Ole Miss game could have gone either way. If he doesn't win the trophy, like we've got some big issues with the voting process because I don't know what more you have to do. And and if we give it to a guy like Bo Nix or, or to Penix Jr., then let's just put in the in the rules when we're voting that we're just going to pick the best player on a team that's in the top five every year. Spare me, though, bro, three losses. Spare me that. Robert Griffin, Lamar Jackson, and others have won it with three losses. It's supposed to be the best player in the country. And there's no one in the country that does more for their team than Jaden Daniels does. He's going to rush for 1,000 yards. He's going to throw for 35, 40 touchdowns. He completes 70-plus percent of his passes. And every single week, he has the pressure of knowing, hey, if I don't score every single drive, we're going to lose because my defense ain't getting a stop. But yet, through that all, in the best conference in the country, he has led his team to a 7-3 and three record. They have a chance to go 9-3 and three and have a chance to get a 10-win season despite having one of the worst defenses in the entire country. It's no, it's no comparison, right? Statistically, if we remove our biases, statistically, it is no comparison who the best player has been. And that's the guy who wears number 5 in Baton Rouge. We're going to wrap up today. I want to thank Dennis Gaines for the time. I want to thank Brandon Brown for the time. And also, important, most importantly, I want to thank you all for the time. You guys are the reason why this show is still in the air. we got a good listenership. And also, these folks are why we're still in the air. The Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 32, 35, and Cutoff, and also Dufresne Building Materials. Come experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. we got a fun show coming your way tomorrow. We'll kind of wrap up the season with B.J. Young. And then after that, um, the following Wednesday after that, it's going to be Brody Williams who's going to get that B.J. Young time slot uh, to talk some tarpon basketball as we move from one season to the next. It's play-by-play. The clock tells me it's time to go. 
Y'all have a wonderful rest of the day. Stay dry. Stay safe on the roads. Hopefully, there won't be any diesel on the roads today. Man, I got to tell you, real quick story. I, I went out to the Homa area yesterday, right? Right after the diesel spill happened, before they closed the roads, I'm slipping and sliding across the road, hydroplaning, and I thought that my tires were messed up. And then, sure enough, I see on social media, no, uh, there's diesel on the road everywhere. So, I, I took like a, a drive on an ice rink. It felt like all the way to home yesterday. Thankfully, I was okay. Thankfully, everybody else was okay, uh, thanks to the good Lord's graces. But that'll put a pin in it right here. Have a great rest of the day. We'll be back tomorrow. You're listening to Play by Play. Love you guys. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.